Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is May 23rd, Sunday evening. Myself, TJ Pittenger, alongside Richie Barnes, back with you guys for another episode. Thank you guys for hanging out. We appreciate it as always. Richie, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, TJ, man. Pretty busy weekend. Just had a really good finish at uh, Kiowa Island at the PGA Championship. Unfortunately, our guy Brooks came up just short. But pretty awesome to see a 50-year-old Phil Mickelson win a major and become the oldest player to ever do so. Yeah, I mean, everybody, most people right on our timelines and things were cheering for for Brooks to get it done. Just couldn't get things um, just couldn't get things going today. Richie has been recapping um, the tournament and how Brooks has been doing on DoubleFriesNoSlaw.com. So you can go check out some recaps there, but just couldn't get it going. But it was a cool moment for Phil. The scene there was fantastic yeah. at the end with all the uh, – and they couldn't even get through the crowd, all the fans and stuff, the excitement of full capacity and getting people back and all of those fun things, life getting back to normal and sports returning. So ton of fun there. But, uh, yeah, good weekend. Glad to be with you guys. We'll be somewhat quick tonight, but won't, won't keep you super long, super long. A lot to get to. Um, Double fries, no saw, brought to you, as always, by Guthrie in, Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both of their locations, 2550 North Monroe and 1818 West Tennessee Street. Uh, make sure to get your box double fries, no slaw. Make sure you tell them that we sent you. I saw Harrison over at Guthrie's the other day in Tallahassee. I'm not sure what he was doing up there in Tallahassee, but in Tallahassee, um, maybe driving home, uh, but uh, back down to South Florida and saw that uh, they still have our sticker in the window, so they haven't quit <laughs> us just yet. Um, so shout out Guthrie's, get your gut box, double fries again, no slaw. Richie, an eventful weekend, a ton of stuff going on. We will, as we normally do, start with football. Got some news about opening the opening uh, game of the year. We've talked a lot about the schedule, a lot about different things going on. Talk to us about this Notre Dame game that we've got coming up. Yeah, so we had a really good idea it was going to be that Sunday night. Um, but, you know, the ESPN, ABC, they like to you know get ahead of things and release the first kickoff times and what channel everyone's playing on for the opening weekend, kind of build that hype because we're right around that 100 days out right now. And, uh, you know, no surprise, Florida State Notre Dame Sunday night, 7.30 p.m. in Dope Campbell Stadium, full capacity on ABC. I'm excited. I'm getting some like PTSD Virginia Tech vibes as well. I, I'm not sure which way to go with this, but. Um, really cool that we will be opening on primetime. And I know Mike Norvell is making an emphasis on this game as far as official visits. Uh, he, he's rolling the, the rolling the dice, man. He said, you know, I know we're nine point dogs, but he's trying to make this a huge official visit weekend with the extra day with the holiday, having Monday off there, allowing recruits to travel. No one else playing that Sunday. I think it's a really smart move, but you got to perform well. Um, but what are your thoughts seeing that, you know, Doke primetime national television again? I mean, it's exciting, right? And this is what we have known for our entire lives is Florida State yeah. being primetime, focused, center of attention. And, you know, we really haven't played or deserved to be in that spot for the last couple of years. Hopefully we are heading back there. But, yeah, I mean, this is what you want, man. This is, you know, you want to be you want to be the national game. You want to be primetime. You want to be able to tailgate all day. Um man, you want to be able to play at night in September because it's so freaking hot. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, it's exciting, right? And, you know, Notre Dame is a nine-point favorite. Isn't the, the worst, right? Weren't they like a 26-point favorite or something last year or 24? It was 
it was high, right? Yeah, I forget the number, but it was definitely up there. Uh, yeah, maybe, it was and that was, maybe it was 20 or 18, and we ended up yeah. losing by 16. So, like, we covered. Oh, but like, I, think it was, I think it was 18 and a half, which is still a big number, three scores. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> some improvement there, right? Like, I'm not trying to overhype things too much. But, you know, you, you talk about a nine-point spread. Um, they're saying that Florida State's going to be in that game. Now, obviously, we have to show up and show out. But, um I want to be in some games. I want to win some games this year. Um, so a little bit of excitement around it. You know, excited to get back up to Tallahassee. Um, I don't know that I'll get back up there before Labor Day weekend. Just don't know if a ton is going on. But uh, excited to get back up there for that. And so 7.30 on ABC. I couldn't imagine not playing in primetime uh, on on the opening weekend. Um, some brands just aren't the same as ours, even after – a three win season um florida state playing in prime time other other teams just not just not on that level the logo is just not the same so um anyway somebody that may help in that game um uh, florida state currently in the market for an offensive line transfer um actually as of this recording as of the fact that we're talking it seems that uh we are going to get um, Kane Madden uh, on campus for a visit as soon as the dead period is over. That will be, I believe, his first visit, uh, which a lot of people are saying is really, really important um, for us or just whomever gets his first visit is is potentially the place he's going to go. You always want to kind of get in and make that impression right away. Um, All-American at Marshall uh, expected to – to be pretty tough to pull in, but again, big getting uh, the visit first. What are your thoughts there, Richie? Yeah, you know, he's another interior guy, which I'm fine with because that gives you flexibility. Obviously, we'd love an offensive tackle, but the odds of an All-American hitting the portal at this point in the year, um, and, you know, I, I think he spent five years at Marshall, so he just wants to have, you know, one last chance. He's got a lot of big names coming after him. Um, you know, Florida State, luckily, we have the scholarships in a major need at offensive line. Alex Atkins, you know, his reputation is really blowing up in front of us. You know, uh, it's funny this week, you know, when, uh, by the way, first of all, Kane Madden, what a great football name. Like, it, you, you tell me a guy named, is, his name is Kane Madden. I'm like, that's a football offensive lineman. So I love that. But it was really cool. Did you see last night that the hashtag Kane Madden to tally was trending nationwide on Twitter? We've had current players, you know, Mackenzie Milton, Amari Gaynor, uh, Josh Burrell, a few others, and then a bunch of fans uh, retweeting that and, and using that hashtag so much that I know it was a slow Saturday night in America, given the times we're in. Still pretty wild that it was a trending topic nationally. Yeah, it was It was crazy to see who all was tweeting it and retweeting it and just throwing it out there and – I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's good for there to be excitement around something, right? Last couple, last year, just in general, not even like sports related or FSU related. But last year has been a drag. Uh, last few sports years in Tallahassee haven't haven't been great on the gridiron. So um, cool that there's some excitement around it, and and recruits take notice of that, right? Like everybody loves to be loved, and everybody loves to be, um, you know, sought after and things like that. So anyway, it it was cool to see it going. We tweeted. Um, get Kane Madden to Guthrie's, which I thought Soft. was more, which, which I thought was more, uh, yeah. um, which I thought was more our, 
on yeah. brand. You know, it'll, like it'll, we, it'll we don't be, go so far into recruiting, so like you know, but I can recruit somebody to go get chicken tenders. But go well, ahead, sorry. It, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, because uh, you know we the name, image, and likeness is is here in Florida at least. It's a go. Um, and it, wonder if Coach Norvell and the recruiting team will say something like this: Hey, our fan base had your name trending nationally on Twitter. You can get paid off that now, off your name, image, and likeness. It's a lot like what the PGA is doing, where they have this forty million dollars set aside for the people that move to the needle with social media engagement. Florida State fans showing, hey, we we can get that done, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if it means anything to the recruits, and if it does, do the coaches use it? Because this is all brand new, so. Just a lot of interesting things going on in this one uh, major story for Florida State. Yeah, I think that if I think that with this whole NIL, this whole name, image, image and likeness thing, you, you've got to find every aspect um, to take take kind of an advantage of um, of that. Right? You've got to be able to be innovative, like Florida State has done with their Apex program. You've got to find a way to be cutting edge. You've got to find a way to be different, set yourself apart, because every eventually every state and the ones that we compete against, certainly right. Florida, Miami seems in this, in the state here, um, you know, every state is eventually going to get this. And so you're not going to have that like head start that you always had. And the teams that do things well are going to do this well too. Right. So it's, it's how can we continue to do this? Well, how can we um, set ourselves, set ourselves apart? And, you know, eventually everything just kind of comes down to everybody catches up, but to start it, like you said, yeah, be be innovative. Talk to the kids about how, look, we got your name trending on Twitter. If you're making money off of that, you know, if you're getting follows and retweets and people know who you are, you know, it, it ends up being massive. So um I believe he's coming in the last weekend of May, right? Or is it the first weekend of June? Is that the same thing? Yeah, so June 1st, the dead period ends May 31st, so he'll be here on the very first day. Um, It sounds like Virginia Tech and Auburn are also trying to set up officials with him, but – the fact that he's been so active, he's followed a lot of current Florida State players and coaches. Florida State's going to be as a first official. It's his last year in college, most likely. I think he has two available, but most people see him going to the NFL next year. So getting him on here first and hopefully get him to shut things down. You know, just impress him on the visit, you know, show him everything Florida State has to offer and see if you can get him to commit and enroll. Because at that point, at the second he commits, I would assume he's enrolling at whatever school he commits to, you know, within a week of making that commitment. You talked about this. You talked about some of the players, um, you know, recruits, coaches, you know, players that are on the team, McKenzie, Amar, different guys like kind of petitioning for him or joining the hashtag, joining in, like wanting him to come to Twitter. And so it's all part of the recruiting pitch, right? We're trying to get guys in. What are your thoughts on that? On the, uh, we kind of started to talk about it off air, but I wanted to kind of get your, thoughts on what are your thoughts on that with like current players? Like we've, we've often seen recruits be like kind of a bell cow of a class and try and recruit guys in, but you know, this transfer portal, it's so, so different um, that you really truly do have current players, active players on your roster, recruit, trying to recruit these guys to come. What are your, what are your thoughts around it? I mean, I, I like it. I, I think it, it's probably a situation where coach Norvell and the staff are, are kind of getting the ears of certain current players and saying, Hey, this guy's in the portal. He's going to make us better. Um, I'd suggest, you know, showing him some love on social media or whatever it may look like. It, it's an interesting dynamic when you get to the current roster, because you have McKenzie Milton, you know, the 
potentially the starting quarterback who transferred in just recently, doesn't know a lot of the players real well. And you got to think, what does a guy like, you know, a Dante Lucas or another offensive lineman think when they see people like McKenzie Milton and then Josh Burrell and on the other side of the ball, Amari Gaynor openly recruiting this guy to come here. And if he comes great, but if not, you have to wonder, does a Dante Lucas or someone else think, man, like you were trying to get my replacement in here. Um, and I'm not saying that's the case at all, but it, it's just an interesting dynamic that again, with the transfer portal college football is changing um, every single year. It, it's something that, you know, some people probably t- keep an eye on and say, Hey, all right, don't forget I'm here now. Yeah. But we want some help, but I, I like, I like having a better chance of me getting a starting job. Yeah, for sure. I think there definitely is the potential or the potential exists that, I mean, that kind of gets can can create uh, an awkward situation or two. Um, you know, Richie and I were talking before uh, the pod. I didn't see very many offensive linemen tweeting at K9 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, a lot of skilled players and defensive guys. <laughs> yeah, because that 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 uh, you know that he's coming to take their job, right? If he if yeah. he does, you know, or take someone's job if if he if he ends up winning out, which it would be expected he does. Um, you know, I think that a position, and we talked about this too. I think that at a position where you do need a lot of depth and you do have multiple rotations, and man, we haven't been healthy on that offensive line since Jameis was here, right? No. And so, um, you know, it's not like those guys wouldn't all still get burned if they kind of play and play well. But at the end of the day, I mean, this isn't about people's feelings and this isn't about, um, you know, avoiding awkward situations it's about winning football games. Right. Yeah. And so and if I'm, at, if I'm coach Norvell or coach Atkins, I think this is an easy sell. Cause you were kind of given a gift earlier this week. Um, offensive lineman, Chaz Neal announced he's entering the transfer portal. Now I think most of us realize he was probably never going to play meaningful down at Florida state again. And if he did, that would not be a good thing for the program, but it's an easy sell. Say, hey, we lost one. We got to bring one back in to you know balance out the numbers. So at least he does have that kind of working in his favor. Whether the players believe it or not, I'm not sure. But it, that seems like the easy pivot from uh, you know where we are right now. Yeah, and like you said, any position really. Uh, and we did take a transfer at, at quarterback, so um, even that's not you know the most. The most accurate, but I was gonna say, like any position other than quarterback, you're you're needing a ton of depth in, in yeah. college football. You you can't get by with just your starters, right? Um so that I don't know, it shouldn't be too big of a deal with this one. Um, but yeah, like if you if your whole team was like out there recruiting real hard for a quarterback and then we don't end up getting that quarterback, it's kind of awkward for the uh for the backup later, right? Like the, the guys that he's got to throw yeah. passes to and everything else or block for him and, and whatever. But I think with offensive line, we're, we're pretty good. So we're not that we're good. We're good in that situation of not uh, stepping on toes or hurting anybody's feelings. Um, some other news, uh, Florida state has been kind of running around the state over the last few weeks. We may actually do, an article on this. And, and then I want to talk about the website just quickly before we kind of go around the horn and get to some other stuff. But uh, Florida state has been running around the state doing youth camps um, kind of all over. They were into Ed told me, you know, Oh, it'd be great if we could get out to one of these. And uh, we were in our group chat and Ed's like, it'd be great to, if we could get out to one of these and like, you know, see what's going on and go hang out and 
things like that. And I was like, okay, cool. When are they coming to Tampa? He's like, oh, they were in Tampa today. Sorry, you're out of luck. <laughs> so, uh, which was, I guess, yesterday in the chat. But uh, running around everywhere to camp, you've seen him with former players. I saw him out with uh, James Wilder Jr. the other day. Um, they were down in South Florida a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've talked about these camps, but really getting out and just seeing different kids around the state and making making themselves available and just, I don't know, pounding the pavement. You know, I, I think that uh, because of the pandemic, I don't know that this goes on forever. We spoke with Newberg about this, but I uh, continue to be impressed with uh, with the job that our staff is doing, kind of getting around the state, getting to these camps, um, working with these kids, and like I said, just making themselves known, you know, all around the state because it, it's sorely needed. Any thoughts on the camps that we haven't discussed? Gonna put you on the spot there. We didn't include that in the uh, rundown. Yeah, well, I mean, we've touched on it, and I just, I just think it's a great idea because you do have a staff that's pretty much entirely not—they don't have any Florida ties. Obviously, bringing Ryan Bartuin was huge, and he's been instrumental um, in, in helping to, you know, forge those relationships with seven on seven and high school coaches across the state. High school coaches are not allowed to interact with Florida State's coaches at these youth camps. But the good thing, a lot of these seven on seven coaches can, and they're the ones that are often, you know, when a kid wants to take on an official, they need to get a ride up somewhere. They're the ones who take them. Um, you know, obviously, no high school players are allowed at these youth camps. It's eighth grade and below. So, you know, if you tell me any coach in the country other than Saban, do you think he'll be here in five years? The odds are he won't be. You know, some of them will, but you don't know that. Uh, but it's good to see he's willing to put in that work right now. Speaking of Coach Norvell, with no certainty that he'll still be here in five years. You know, a lot can change in college football, but he's laying a foundation that if he still is here from five years from now, that's going to be a really good sign. And I think, you know, a lot of those questions with uh, about relationships with high school coaches in Florida, uh, those questions will go away because, again, if he's still here in five years, he's done a good job of getting those players here and developing those relationships. Yeah, the average lifespan of a coach is much less than that. So uh, making it to five would would be awesome. And then obviously above that, making it past um, just that number. Hey, we uh, I think we talked about it last week. Uh, we had just started it. We're are we? I think we're one week or two weeks into into this. But we started a website um, just to kind of get some takes off, get some thoughts off. We're not. We're still not going super deep into recruiting. Still not going super deep into like transfer portal or X's and O's and things like that, but just kind of a place where we could get some takes off through the week, through the middle of the week when we're not doing shows. Uh, much easier for Richie, myself, um, Ed Kennedy, Harlan, um, Dustin, or um, Mike to just throw up a uh, an article with some thoughts. Uh, Dustin did a really good one on Patrick Williams's. Uh, rookie season, the impact that he's had. Like I said, Richie has recapped all of the um, four days at the PGA Championship from the perspective of Brooks. Um, I've done some some different stuff on um, softball. Harlan's done some baseball stuff. I kind of did did something for women's tennis too. So just trying to kind of keep you guys updated on where we are when we're not on here, when we're not on the show. So doublefriesnoslaw.com. Um, there's a link at the top that just says news on the Knowles and you can check all that out. Ed Kennedy has a, uh, two weekly things that he does. One being, um, just previewing what's coming up. Uh, it drops on Thursday morning, previewing what's coming up for Florida state in the week of sports. That is, 
again, upcoming. Most sports start like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So previews it. And then on Monday morning, a recap drops. So when you're listening to this or if you're watching it live right now, a recap will drop tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. from Double Fries No Slaw. Just kind of recapping the weekend. Softball played, uh, baseball played, uh, track and field. Like there was a bunch of stuff going on. So he kind of recaps it all for you in, in one neat spot. He also, the last thing I'll say about the website, he also has something coming out tomorrow morning that it's in the drafts right now. It's, I'm super excited for it to drop. I'm uh, just kind of waiting until uh, the week to do it, but uh, it's on the climb series that uh, Florida state did, which was fantastic. Um, if you haven't watched it, you have to sign up to be a booster to do so. So go to boosters.fsu.edu and check it out. But Ed has an article coming out on the climb series that Seminole boosters put out, which was absolutely fantastic series great look behind the curtain peek behind the curtain um and then ed's article really breaks it down and talks about it well in depth some of the results from it some of the things that kind of came out seven part series really really cool go sign up to be a booster today if you have not already richie i didn't talk to you about this either but i want you to mention it talk to you're wearing your um your your golf polo anyway or your golf shirt anyway and you watch the pga championship talk to us about your podcast that you started um Last week, first episode, um, par four podcast, newest pod on the Big Three Roll Up Network. Talk to us about it, where people can find it, what you're doing on there, and let's plug that real quick. Yeah, you know, the one thing the network has been missing for a while now is a golf podcast. So, you know, myself, uh, Carp, who's on Storm Surge, the Miami podcast, uh, Jackson, he does, uh, you know, a gambling podcast for the network. He's a big Gator guy. And then Cam's our producer, who also produces Stadium and Gale. Uh, we started a golf podcast last week. We had Gary Sheffield Jr. Um, really good uh, interview. Talks about how uh, he transitioned from, you know, uh, chasing a dream to be a professional baseball player. He was actually in junior college, committed to play baseball for um, uh, 11 at Florida State, and unfortunately took a pitch to the face his last year in junior college, ended his career. That's how he kind of got into golf. Um, but it's par four pod at everything on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's P A R F O R E as in golf. Um, we'll definitely be recapping Brooks and his run that he just had on this week's episode. Talk Phil as well, but it's really just like casual guys talking about golf. Kind of, you just finish up a round of golf with your friends, um, on the weekend, you go to the bar, have a few drinks and you're talking about it. That's really all we're going for there. So definitely tune in. If you get a chance, we'd love to have y'all check it out. Who's the uh, best golfer out of you? for uh jackson by far is probably the best one he's the only one uh, on the pod that can consistently shoot in the 70s you know i'm typically a mid to high 80s low 90s guy carps and uh cam are trying to break 100 so we really are your casual golfers that we shoot all over the place your typical foursome uh but yeah jackson's definitely the, the big one he actually coming up in a few weeks uh, we have the u.s open at tory pines Jackson played there two weeks ago, so it'll be cool to get his insight on that course. Mm, yeah, no, no doubt. Some guy, a bunch of guys that are, like you said, associated with the Big Three Roll Up Network, and um, exciting stuff. No, good, good stuff with that pod. Um, great first guest with Sheffield on, and then this week again, we'll have some really good recap on the uh, PGA Championship. Brooks in that, not only Brooks, but you know, hearing about Lefty winning at fifty years old, nearly fifty-one. Um, yeah. Let's go around the horn on – oh, well, speaking of golf, we'll, we'll do these out of order. FSU golf was killer this week. Now, this happened l right after we recorded the pod. So we did the pod yeah. Sunday night, and then this happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the Tallahassee Regional uh, took place 
And Florida State's men's golf team was just out of their minds good. Like, yeah, in like just absolutely incredible. Um, finished at 34 under par. Um, the next closest team, what was it, 17 under par? Is that what? Yeah, Georgia uh, at 17 under. Georgia was 17 under. Shout out Liberty, who finished 15 under and fourth. Um, my alma mater. So, uh, Florida State just went absolutely berserk and bonkers in this uh in this regional some of the other top teams in the country you look at um oklahoma finished 13 shots back of uh of the leaders in uh in uh the albuquerque regional clemson who we lost to finished 15 shots back of the leaders in their regional uh florida state obviously with the advantage of playing at home uh but just absolutely crushed things and no pun intended, Be, beat the field and lapped them a couple of times. They will begin the NCAA um, championships this weekend coming up. Uh, I believe it starts Friday. I could be wrong on that, but I believe it starts Friday. Um, did you did you follow along? Did you watch that? Did you just kind of catch the, the golf stat? Were you able to see any of it? Yeah, I was, I was able to catch the golf stat, which is nice because they do a pretty good job of updating the scores in real time. And obviously all the content that FSU uh, Golf, the, at FSU Golf on Twitter put out, they did a great job. But yeah, like you said, 34 under, Georgia was 17 under. To put in perspective, Florida State was 17 under after the first day. So they could have skipped the last 36 holes and not have been passed by anyone else in the field. Uh, just a great performance. It was actually a graduate transfer, Vincent Norman. Uh, he finished with a 369 on the last one. I think he led all Knowles with scoring. Senior John Pock, again, very solid 67, 72, 69 for him. Um, eight under to finish fourth place. So Florida State had two of the top four golfers on the week. Um, course familiarity helps a lot. Anybody who plays knows that, you know, your home course, you're going to be better especially when people don't know all the nuances of the course, but that's still a ridiculous number to just lap the field by that much. The, and, you know, Trey Jones has had a lot of good golfers. We talked about Brooks Kepka, you know, Daniel Berger, Jonas Blix is, is on the tour still. He's never had a team this deep one to five led by John Pock. Um, I think they have a real chance to win a national championship. So it'll be a lot of fun. The finals in Arizona should be on TV um, or at least on, you know, streaming somewhere. So I'll definitely try and check out as much of that as I can. Yeah, this weekend, so should be a ton of fun um, to follow those guys and to to check them out. I know that uh, we've had Coach Jones on the pod before, working on getting him back on. Um, so super excited for those guys to hopefully go out and, and bring a netty home. A uh, couple of sports wrapped up their seasons. Uh, women's tennis, which we, we talked with Coach Hyde last Sunday. Uh, they ended up falling to Texas on Wednesday in the Elite Eight. They lost the doubles point, which we talked to you guys about, and then they um, ended up losing in singles as well. Um, but a great season for them. Hats off to them, making the Elite Eight and then losing to the eventual national champion, Texas Longhorns. Nothing to um, nothing to lose sleep about. Uh, soccer was a devastating <laughs> loss in penalties, um, obviously finishing second by losing the national championship game. Had the game. Essentially won. Bad turnover with five or six minutes to go. Um, let Santa Clara score, and then we hit the crossbar, hit the post in, in, in overtime, but ended up going to penalties where we had won two games before, um, but could not 
um, end up uh, getting it done there. I'm I'm still heartbroken about it. We were we were at the uh, my kids have been sick this week. I've been sick. I'm congested and everything else. But we were at the pediatrician's office with my kids on like Monday night, and my, my I'm like watching on my phone. My wife's like, we were at that. And I was like, we're just sitting in the way. We're just waiting. You know, it's like, I'm, it's like, you know, so I'm just like, ah, it's all right. So anyway, my phone dies. Like as it's going to penalties, I'm texting these guys, like somebody tweet from the pod, you know, if we, so anyway, ended up losing that one, which stunk, but uh, they'll rebound. I mean, they're, Kikori and them are, they're so, they're such a dynasty. They'll be back um, next year for sure. Um, softball, we'll get to baseball last, but softball ended up, Winning their regional, they beat Kennesaw State on Friday. Then they beat UCF yesterday. Then UCF beat um, Kennesaw State uh, to advance to the championship to championship Sunday. Florida State needing to beat Florida State twice to win it, uh, but they weren't able to even win once. Florida State ends up winning today, two to nothing against UCF to go to Super Regionals. We've had Coach. A on, um, we were trying to get her back on tonight. Just couldn't make it happen, but we've had her on in the past. She's great. And what they're doing over there at FSU softball is fantastic. They will take on LSU in Baton Rouge this weekend. For those not familiar, super regionals is essentially a best of three series. You win two and you go to Oklahoma city. It works just like baseball, except they go to Omaha when they win two. So, um, good luck to them. And hopefully they can, Make it back to OKC. LSU's good. I mean, I, I'd rather I'd rather go there though than um, than UF. So uh, hopefully we can beat LSU and go to um, back to Oklahoma City. LSU is the team we played um, the last time that we went in twenty. Uh, well, when we won it in twenty eighteen. So um, other than that, Harlan, can you come in here for a minute? Um, baseball played. Um, NC State this weekend dropped two of three, played really, really well. Um, both losses were – one was pretty frustrating with the umps, but uh, played played them close both games that we lost. Um, actually had big comebacks in really all three games, but uh, big comebacks in both games but just couldn't hold on. Um, I think got walked off on Thursday night and then Friday couldn't complete the comeback either. Uh, but did end up winning Sunday and then got the five seed in the ACC tournament, which the ACC tournament is weird, guys. If you've never uh, – I mean, you guys know this, but if, if you're watching this or listening to this, the ACC tournament is super weird. It's like pod play. So I think – actually, you know what, Harlan? If you talk about it, I can pull up the picture and show people while you're talking about it. So I'll shut up and let you talk about uh, yeah, what, so what you got, you've got four uh, four top seeds – and they're pods of three teams. And if you go one and one and everyone in your pod goes one and one, the highest seed advances. So the big loss this past weekend for FSU is they're now a five seed. So they cannot go one and one in advance. They have to beat Duke and Miami to advance in the AC championship. And they played 11 a.m. on Wednesday and then 3 p.m. on Friday. Wasn't able to find the picture that I was looking for. I did find one, but it wasn't the uh, wasn't the right one. So people aren't most people are listening anyway. So it's all good. But um, we several uh, well anyway. I don't have to tell you guys our numbers, but we do really well on the uh, listens. People like to people aren't aren't uh, visual. I guess they don't want to look at me and Richie. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think the pod play is stupid because of that very reason. Playing that. 
splitting with everybody and then the highest seed just advancing. Like, I don't know who thinks of this. I mean, certainly, obviously, the does the SEC do the same thing or do they just play a regular tournament? I'm pretty sure the SEC just plays a regular tournament. Yeah, I like, I don't, of course. <laughs> I don't know why the ACC has to be so difficult about everything, but this loser blood mentality of like everybody gets a trophy. If you were the highest seed, you just automatically move on. Like, that's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard in my life. Like, what is that? I remember, was it was it two years ago? Or three, it, it burned Florida State. We we all we the three teams went one and one, and we were the two seed. So it just didn't. I don't know. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Um, I'm let me go back and look at these. Hunter, we're not taking any comments from you tonight. We needed you guys to lose that game. You guys would have been fine still um, if you'd have lost one to us because you guys are the three seed. So you guys would have been fine. So and Har- Harlan, how? Close were we to winning? Because I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I watched all these games. I had a really busy weekend, but I'm following along on Twitter. And you know, Friday we hit a grand slam to tie it up, and then we get walked off. And then uh, on Saturday is another couple games. That they say every sport, you know, that people oh it's a cliche, it's a game of inches, but it really was this oh, weekend yeah. for us, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really just it was baseball. Everything went their way those first two days. I mean, we, you had a you had a player on NC State square around a bunt and have his foot on the plate the ball hit him they send him the first mike challenges it but you can't challenge someone stepping out of the box so he still got first that ended up being the go-ahead run and it was just things like that inches from another grand slam then they hit a three-run homer that goes over the fence by an inch it's just it's baseball just everything went their way um but it was a really good series to watch um nc state's really good so we will play you said duke on wednesday uh, Miami on Friday, win those two games, and then you get to play Notre Dame in the semifinals. And then obviously the, the winner of uh, – assuming Notre Dame wins their pod, uh, you play the winner of Notre Dame's pod, pod number one, and then the final would be on Sunday at noon. So we will see. It's going to be tough, uh, but you got to go 2-0 and o really to, to have a chance. You know, So um, the only way to get out of the pod is to, to beat both teams for Florida State now. So um, – I wanted to look. I already got rid of the picture, but what? How? I mean, Miami is is the four seed, right? So they're not the they're not like leagues better than Florida State or anything like that. And and then Duke's a lower seed. So how how are you? Uh, how are you feeling about both games? I feel good about the Duke game. Um, I'm just not sure who's going to throw against Miami because Parker Messick, who's been the ace all year, got his Hurt his back the other week, and now he's been thrown on Sundays, which changes his bullpen day. In his last two starts, he hasn't uh, looked as good as he normally does. And I mean, pitchers are creatures of habit. I mean, if you change a pitcher's schedule and now he throws on Sunday, you can just see he throws completely different. So I don't know who will throw against Miami. Um, I don't know. Could, if he, could he, since it's – or like what is normal rest? Or he, he, need, like, the full week? he usually throws every Friday, but his schedule got messed up. So now he threw on Sunday. I mean, we won on Sunday. He didn't throw very well, though. They scored 11 runs. Um, I just don't know what the rotation is going to be. There's no telling. I don't know if they'll throw in the first game or the second game, but we did outscore Miami earlier in the season, like 52 to 3 in the three games. So hopefully that same result happens on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take it. Um, If you need an in with the baseball team and and you need somebody to ask about what the rotation may look like, I I, I know a guy. I can maybe hook you up with a 
a guy yeah. on the baseball staff. Oh, I'm, I'm going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, cool. Well, hopefully we, we've got you back on here Sunday for a good update. Actually, hopefully we don't. We'll, we'll just get Mike on if, if they end up winning. So um, <laughs> you'll lose your spot next Sunday, but I think we'll all be happy for it. So um, latest projection, we were talking about it before air or before we went on, is um, Florida State going to Gainesville. I don't really know that anything this weekend would impact that. Um, because you know, it's not like we're going to, um, all of a sudden become a, a national seed. Right. Um, so I think that it's probably Gainesville or bust, but it'd be nice to have an ACC championship to go along with, uh, with this season. So we will, uh, we'll see how they do. So, all right. I think that's all we need you for Harlan. Get out of here. We've had enough. Nice hat though. <laughs> yeah. And Florida oh. state's been so good on the road, but going to Gainesville does scare me a little bit. Because I believe the NCAA said this week attendance capacity will be up to the home sites. And you know UF's got to be 100% capacity. So it's, Florida State's been great on the road all year. But they've not been to a stadium with, you know, eight, ten thousand 10,000, you know, fans that are just all in at the game. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Are you going to meet me in Harlan there? Are you going to go to the games? No, no. Absolutely not. You go to a women's tennis match, but you won't go see – me and Harlan in baseball. I'll go to Omaha if we get out there, dude. I looked at going to Omaha the last time they were there. First of all, it's Father's. Day. It's always Father's Day weekend, right? Is the first yeah. weekend of Omaha, so that's terrible. Like I couldn't. There was no way that was happening. Second, um, there's no convenient way to get to Omaha. No. Like there's no like oh I can take points here. It's I want to go one day, but oh my gosh, what a nightmare! And then like. You know, what do you not? You, if you don't go the first weekend, there's no guarantee your team's still there. And so then you're, you know, you're hoping that they make it past that first weekend, but then you're taking off work and you're booking a a flight late. And there's just no good weekend to get out there. Um, You know, your team makes a World Series, then you're kind of like really last minute doing it. So, uh, or the final series. So, I'd like to go too, but I just don't. I don't know. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need. Yeah, Hunter says a two week commitment. I ain't going for two weeks. Essentially, yeah. I'll come home. I'll come home and won't have a house left, bro. Like, no way. No, I was gonna say, yeah, I like, go take a two week vacation in June. So with both these kids home. So anyway, yeah, what a nightmare. But, um, but we'll see. It's a good. I guess it's a good problem to have if your team goes. So. Um, all right. Anything else before we get out of here? Any shout outs, anything you want to plug Anything you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. You know, shout out to, you know, for the past, I feel like the last two, three weeks, we've just had people working on different parts of the house. Everything's almost finally finished where we won't have people at our house every single weeknight till, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock. So that's been a nice relief. Um, shout out the bucks. I was actually in your neck of the woods yesterday, TJ at Raymond James call. Yeah, didn't say hi. You're not a you're not a season ticket holder for the Bucks, and they had an, a ticket holder exclusive event, which was really nice. Um, really, all that they were doing was trying to get people to pony up and join the Hyundai Genesis Club, um, which we did not do. And then they had the shop open where they were selling stuff for a lot of money. But we got a picture with the Lombardi Trophy, which was pretty cool. Um, shout out to my buddy uh, Roch and his his girl Taylor. We got met up with them for lunch at I forget what we were what. It, the place was called, but it was a good time. Oh. Good busy weekend. Met up with him, but not me. Wow. <laughs> you know, guy. Good, uh, good busy weekend. Where'd you guys go? Where'd you guys, you know, where was there? What would you guys have? Right. 
You tell me I'll what you're it. up to, and I'll, I'll tell you where we're at, because it's probably in my Google Maps here on recent uh, places I've been to. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, uh, the suspense is killing me. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I have any shout-outs or anything, but uh, um, yeah, shout-out the website again, doublefriesnoslaw.com. Go check it out. Shout-out everybody that's writing on there. Um, you know, Dustin, Mike, Ed, Harlan, and Richie. Um, so we were at the uh, social house on Fern in Florida. Oh yeah. Great spot. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good so, wings. Pretty good beer selection. I, I I tried to get bacon and beer, but they were all out. So I had to get something else. That's like 20 minutes for me. And, and you didn't even say like, Hey, come to, <laughs> come to hang out. I could, what time were you guys there? I don't know. Like 1230. We watched the first period of the lightning game there. I was going to say, I, w- I hope it was right around the time that Miami was losing because I know that he Miami lost, uh, but they, that game was late. Well, he's a, was he's like a big Lightning fan, run. though. So he, he's a Lightning fan, not a Panthers fan. So. No, no, no. The Heat. Roger's the Heat guy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a Heat guy. Too. Yeah. No, nah, that's what I, I'm. Yeah, we can be friends on Lightning, but I was hoping he would have to watch <laughs> the Heat lose. So anyway. Um, all right, cool. That's so it, yeah. <laughs> other than that, I have no shout outs. I have nothing. Um, you have a song for us this week, Richie? Am I doing this? Who's doing it this week? Um, I'll give it to you this time. All right. I don't know what it is, but I'll text Harlan and we'll figure it out. So thank you guys for hanging out. Double Fries No Song on all social medias. If you can go follow us, like this, share it, retweet it. We would appreciate it. Um, we will be back next week for another episode. Um, maybe before then. We'll see. But definitely by next Sunday, we'll be back with another episode. And we will talk to you guys then. Not going crazy, but lately my head and my heart seem to be at least a million miles apart. And my heart says to love you, my head says to run. It's like my heart is too afraid to tell my head when it's done. I know that it can never be the way it was, even though you'll be the death of me. I can't give you up. Too much is not enough, it's not the love, it's not the lust that grips me. Must be the whiskey I've been drinking to remember And drinking to forget I got I love you on my mind I got Jim Beam on my breath And loneliness has got the rest I've got nothing left within me Must be the whiskey Crazy, but lately these thoughts in my head are a whirlwind of a world of a million regrets. All the things I should have done, all the things I should have said, all the pain that comes with hating the mess you've made of yourself. I know I'm chasing rainbows, thinking I could make it work, but the fact is that my actions speak louder than my words, and it only makes it worse. Thinking of her, thinking she'll forgive me. Must be the whiskey I've been drinking to remember And drinking to forget I got I love you on my mind I got Jim Beam on my breath And loneliness has got the rest I've got nothing left within me
be the whiskey.